Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat over Zoom with writer and producer Jeanette Collins, who is also the wife of actor Peter Anarati from SWAT, who came on our show back in August last year. Jeanette has achieved a lot in her career. She wrote an episode of Will and Grace back in 2001. And she's also worked for HBO, Warner Brothers and Sony Pictures. So there is a lot to talk to her today about. So let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month, and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind-the-scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's Roger May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving It Up. Raving It Up. Raving oh, Raving up. Fun. <laughs> Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. <laughs> We're raving it up. Jeanette, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to finally have you on the show. How you going today? Oh. I'm fine, thank you. It's very nice to be here. Uh, as you know, your husband, Peter Anarati, came on the show. I, I had to have a look because it was, I cannot believe, August last year. Where did the time go? <laughs> oh, my God. Was it already August? I know. I was like, wow, have we, we've been trying to organize our own interview since then. So I'm really glad you took the time today. Thank you so much. I know you've been busy. My pleasure. I know. It seems like, you know what, two years have disappeared with the pandemic. So it's like, uh, you know, we don't know where time goes at all. Yeah, and congratulations for your son getting married as well. I know you're a little bit busy in the amongst all of that as well. Thank you. Uh, that was so yeah, that was on top of everything else. But you know what? They got married. They did it. They took a little bit of a honeymoon. They kind of caught COVID after that. But it's oh, okay, God. everybody's good. You know, okay, at least they didn't catch it before the wedding or before the honeymoon. Exactly, so. they didn't catch it before everybody got vaccinated and boosted and whatnot. Yeah. Well, since this is your first time on our show, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And I think we should start from the beginning because that only makes sense too, right? All right. <laughs> to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. Did you go to university or college or anything to learn how to be a writer and producer or did you more like learn along the way? No, I pretty much, uh, I was an actor to begin with and very involved in improvisation in New York. Um, I went to college, but I studied privately with an actor from back in the day. His his name is Bradford Dillman. Anybody that knows like the 50s films and stuff like that, 
he was a, a big actor at the time. He was under contract with Universal. Um, and he lived in Santa Barbara where I grew up. And he invited a small number of people to study with him acting. And so I had done that along with uh, some good friends. And, and I moved to New York in a play. Um, wow. And, you know, that quickly closed because it was a, I was a pregnant nun in the play. So oh. obviously there's no reason. I, and I think I was cast, somebody cast uh, based on your astrological sign. So obviously it wasn't going to go anywhere but at the time. So then I, I was living with my friend who was a dancer uh, in the Chelsea district of Manhattan. And this is like in 79 or eight. She was a ballet dancer and almost as soon as I got there, she got a job and left. So I was in her loft in, in, in Chelsea and then had to get another job. And so I, I got a job as a barmaid in a, in a bar. And just about the time that happened, I met the bartender who was a stand-up comic from Atlanta. And he said, um, I'm, I, he's a stand-up. And I said, well, if you don't like stand-up, if you like comedy, then you should do improvisation because it's really fun and I think you'd enjoy it. And so he said, if you find something to audition for, will you tell me? And will you come with me? And I said, absolutely. So he found something. We went down an audition. I got in. He didn't get in. Oh. But he liked it so much, he kept doing it. And that's how I met Peter because Peter came in to that improv company. And then Cal asked me to direct. So, but the other person who was in there, who is, is the woman who's ultimately became my writing partner. And, you know, improv is kind of playing all the characters when you're writing at once. Mm. So it just became kind of interesting for us because it was sort of came naturally to kind of write on your feet, which is improv yeah. and when somebody told us that you could actually get paid to write things down as opposed to just do them standing up <laughs> you can make money really yeah, what? <laughs> no, I know that doesn't make sense but we started doing that and that was geesh 1980 wow time has way flown. before yeah I know so right connected for you to meet Peter then and also Mimi your writing partner and yeah. you've been with them ever since <laughs> I know it is. Yeah. It's shocking. I mean, it really is. It, it's very um, uh, surreptitious, you know, mm. it kills me. They're so not guessing... surreptitious. They're indipitous. Yes. I am a writer. <laughs> so I'm guessing this was never really the plan when you were younger. Was there any other careers that when you were a little kid that you just dreamed of doing? No, no. no. I, I mean, I always wanted to be an actor. But then when I realized that uh, I don't want this to be the product, I mean, I, it's hard <laughs> That's like, it's very uncomfortable on a certain level because there's a lot of rejection and I don't really need that. I'd rather hand somebody something if they don't like it. It's like, well, that's your fault because mm. I can't do, you know, I like it and that's all I can say, you know. So you prefer to be a bit more behind the scenes. Absolutely. But Peter can have the limelight. <laughs> yeah, much safer back here. That's all I can say. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and speaking of Peter as well, I did actually get to talk to him about this in our interview, but how did you, you said you met during the, uh, you know, improv uh, theatre company, but was there any like immediate connection, a bit of a spark for you or was it more becoming friends first? No, we were kind of friends, but I thought he was a little stuck up, but that's only because I think he was, he was too shy and, you know, it's like, but he was really funny and I always liked that. And actually my friend at the time um, said, you're going to marry that guy. And I was, I said, Eddie, you don't know what you're talking about. 
It was right. <laughs> Look we at that, decades later. <laughs> I know, right? They I'm sure he, he he rose the day. And I have heard as well, you're the reason Peter actually got into acting full time. So when you're, I wanted to ask in, in your opinion, especially as a mother, you, when you're about to start a family, was that a little bit scary? Like not knowing whether he was going to really make it and make it a real stable career and good living that you guys could still support the kids? You know what? I don't think I've ever thought like that. Um probably stupidly but um, in a way that's a good thing <laughs> you know what it just is one of those things where you kind of go you know I mean my father was always of a mind there you know you'll make a way you always make mm. a way I mean if you stop to think of like when is the right time to have children you'll never have them because it's never going to be the right time so I mean we've been very fortunate um so I have to say that you know we've been blessed to have the luck that we've had and we've made we've both made very good living so and the kids never suffered <laughs> as far as I could tell but um no I would just if, if you feel passionately about what you're doing I always knew that Pete would work he was just he had that kind of ethic mm. it was hardest the hardest thing for him was he didn't start out an actor so he didn't know what it was like to wait for a role while you're waiting tables or any of that kind of stuff because yeah. he had a career already and, you know, he did some, while he was waiting for stuff back in New York, he would do some consulting and he made tons more money than people waiting tables were making. So, mm. but yeah, I know I didn't ever think I was never worried about like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we did have Sunny. Our first child was literally nine months and one day after we got married. So wow. um, we didn't wait. I was older too. You know, I was 34. So Time sticking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're going to have kids, you better hurry up, I guess. Well, apparently when you told him to get into acting, he said, what, so I can starve and have four jobs like you? What, what was yeah. your response after that? Well, he didn't actually say that at the time. He just made that up because it sounds funny. Yeah, he but put it's it like, in our interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is one of the things where you kind of go, hey, you want to do it. And if you don't try it, you'll always say, well, what if? Mm. So you have to try it. And when he tried it, I mean, he started working right away and never yeah. stopped. And why so, not do it now instead of later? It's kind of like we said about the kids that the right, the time will never be right if you're just yes, keep waiting exactly. for time. And if you're going to constantly be saying, God, I should have tried that back then. And it's like acting you can do until you're dead in the grave, you know, Very literally true. as old yeah, as you want, as long as you can remember lines or you can read them off a card somewhere you can still act I think. well it shows because he's still acting to this day in a lot of stuff and i'm like he just keeps he's... popping up everywhere <laughs> i know you'll always he's find him in some weird show in the middle of the night somewhere did you know we filmed this interview well come on over to our youtube channel rave it up tv you can subscribe for free and here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bully or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. 
Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. I did have a read of your interview as well when I was doing my, you know, little bit of research on you. Um, you did an interview with Peter for the Feminine Collective and you guys were talking uh-huh. about, you know, staying grounded when working in Hollywood and Peter said that you keep him grounded. It always comes back to you as the, women, <laughs> the woman in his life. And you also said that your children obviously give you the greatest perspective in your life. So you guys have three sons now and they've all grown up and as you said one of them's gotten married now how did you find it in the beginning though juggling the work and the family Uh, well you know what um Amy god bless her we always chose jobs I mean it's not like you know you can always choose the job you wanted to work on Mm -hmm. but it was always a question of um you know uh, quality of life yes and I had three small boys when we were going, getting involved in this. And quite honestly, it was like, that was always a priority for me. So if we were going to work with somebody like on the Roseanne show, it was like, we were offered to run the last season of Roseanne. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm, I, you know, if you give me a million dollars an episode, we'll do it. But it was like, that didn't happen. So it was like, I just didn't, you know, it's like, you don't want to be at the mercy of somebody who doesn't ever want to go home. Mm. Because your family should come first. Well, uh, you know, in my mind, it does. And so I would constantly put on the, co- like on the conference table where we were all working, there's a phone and I put the, the phone on speakerphone and my son, Sonny, who was the oldest, he would say, well, and when are you coming home? <laughs> I said, I got to go guys. So let's just, let's just, you know, wrap it up. along. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real, it's a real eye opener when, you know, it's one thing being successful in Hollywood and making, you know, writing all these for these incredible shows, but you're still a normal woman at home. You're still going to worry about going home and cooking and cleaning. We want to be. I mean, the thing is, is that we would never decorate our office. I don't want to spend more time in my office than I do at my house. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. good way to look at it. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep here. Yes. <laughs> I'm just not. And I it's not to say that. We, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like we didn't have a lot of jobs that were, you know, go late into the night and morning. But for the most part, you know, we chose the jobs where it's like my friend Mark Flanagan used to say, it's the longest cocktail party you will ever be at. The people that you work with. So you better like the people and they better be like minded. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable. Or learn to like them at least. It's something. Judge, you try. I, we were lucky, though. I mean, I think we only asked to get off of one job. We called our agent and go, get us off the show, get us off. <laughs> it's good that the rest has been a good experience for you then. I cannot complain. And do you think also with being married to Peter, is it helpful to be married to someone that is in the same industry? Do you guys kind of help each other with scripts? He helps you with writing and you help him memorize stuff? He did. I mean, you know what? It's helpful just because you both understand it. Mm. Um, he doesn't really need my help at all most of the time. And, and I don't really, you know, ask him for that much help. Occasionally we will, you know, we'll do something together um, on a, have an idea together or something like that, but it's not, you know, it's, I've already got a partner for that aspect of things. So it's always, you know, a little dicey to, mm. to get too many voices in there, but. Get out, Peter. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> I already yeah, got my other really partner. Say that. It's like you got it's two like, two marriages there. <laughs> it's, it's very similar in a lot of ways. It's kind of bizarre, you know. Probably spend as the same amount of time with both of them. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. 
if not more with Mimi. I don't know. <laughs> Depends how much you're well, working. Oh, this last couple of years, because we've done everything from home, it's been just impossible, you know, because you're doing everything, uh, collaborating on a final mm. draft or, you know, you're writing a Google Doc together and stuff and talking on the phone. And it's, uh, that's really different. That's oh, a, it's a really different way of doing stuff. Well, it's good that you, that you could still work through it all as well. And oh, we fortunately, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people couldn't. And I would hate to have to be on a sitcom where you're literally on a Zoom, like sitcom table. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's another sitcom in the future for you. You don't have to do it that way. <laughs> I don't really. Whoa. Well, speaking of sitcoms, because I was so excited to talk to you about this, because I personally love this show. In 2001, you were the writer for the TV show Will and Grace. Uh, How was your experience on that show? How many episodes did you end up writing? We just wrote one because we were guest writers on that show. So we weren't actually on on the staff, but we had worked with Max and David on, uh, I think there's a, the show was called... Uh, good advice and that was um back in the day but that had a staff of amazing people it was michael patrick king um tom palmer pete tolan russ woody max and david mimi and i and another woman and honestly that was like if you look at all those people's imdbs it's like a, a zillion i mean they're just amazing every single one of them is an amazing writer it was um kind of an ill-fated show because it was shelly long Mm-hmm. And she was a little bit ill at the time. I don't know. She oh. said she had irritable bowel syndrome. I think she was um, just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say this, but she was more sick than that. I think yeah. and she just couldn't, she couldn't quite work. And it was funny because it was her and Treat Williams and um, Terry Gar. Uh, it was, it was a really cute show. Mm-hmm. And it was unfortunate that it didn't work, but. Then the earthquake happened. Oh, the earthquake. earthquake. Yeah, earthquake. the earthquake happened in Northridge earthquake. So after that, it was like, then everything fell apart. It was oh. just not important. It was kind of impossible. But So do you think getting that gig for Will and Grace was more about your connections? Said, yeah, we had always stayed in touch with, yeah, we always stayed in touch with Max and David and they really liked us. We were, so, we were at, we had interviewed to go on staff with them and, um, it might have been me uh, not wanting to work late hours that mm. had us not do that. But um, we did it, you know, we had a bunch of friends that were on staff. And I think, you know, we ended up working with Max and David on that show, uh, Good Morning Miami. But it was fun. I mean, we knew a lot of the people that were on staff. So we had a good time writing the, writing the script. Fun experience. Yeah, I had a totally. look through I could not believe this number, but there are eleven seasons in total for that show. No, when isn't you come into a show to write only one or maybe two episodes, but someone has been doing the rest of the work for the whole other seasons, and obviously the audience are used to that like quality of work, and obviously those types of jokes. Is that difficult for you? Like, how do you keep up with that? Well, the thing is that it's like, especially for that show. It was an, um, it was a very specific characters. Yeah. And once you start writing for those characters, it's like the jokes come out of the character. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a hard joke where there's a setup and a punchline. It's just comes out of that character's voice. And even if it's a straight line coming out of that mouth, you know, it's funny. 
And those people were brilliant, brilliantly talented. So luckily you got to work with the other people on the team and then they kind of just put in their own opinions, I guess. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes. I mean, when you're just like a gun for hire in in a situation like that. But it was, um, but most of the stuff we wrote stayed in. I don't know. We were lucky, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Because you're that talented. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health? because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them. When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. In 2008, you were the consulting producer for six episodes of MYOB featuring Ashley Graham from Gilmore Girls. Can I ask, what is the difference between a consulting and a supervising uh, producer? Because I've seen a few different ones. Uh, You know what? Once you get to a certain level, it's like if you're not the executive producer, it's like you you sort of go from um, staff writer to to a story editor, to an executive story editor, to a producer, to a co-producer, to a supervising producer, to an executive producer. Ah, a lot of the shows are so top heavy with a lot of executive producers because of managers or a lot of other people that are involved and they're non-writing executives. But they take up a lot of budget. Mm. You end up coming in as a consultant where you don't necessarily have to work five days a week or you work five days a week, but you can name your own price sort of. So you can fit in between stuff mm. um, for that show. Don Roos is really talented, and that was based on his uh, his movie. Um, now I'm not going to remember the name of it. Uh, it was with Lisa Kudrow and um, oh my goodness, the girl with the big head. Um, <laughs> she played Wednesday on the Adams Family. What was her name? Jeez. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. A little big of a forehead, you know. Um, I agree with that. Just a okay. little bit of a that That show was amazing because her, Ashley, Ashley's father is the man who wrote um, 
Ah, the Jack, see, you're going to have to fill in the brains for me. Um, Jack Nicholson's movie about Mulholland um, with Faye Dunaway. I don't know that one. But I'm sure the audience will. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But that was, but at any rate, he was a famous screenwriter. And she was brand new to television and acting at that point. And it was with Lauren Graham. And they were doing a scene. And then we were behind a glass because they were shooting on the inside and the, the chairs were all set up here. So we're watching it. And he leans over to me and um, he says, she's not very good about his own daughter. And I was like, oh, my God. Let's talk about, I mean, I, I was shocked because I thought that's really interesting that your father would do something like that. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily honest. I mean, I don't know. She didn't get a chance to do anything. Right. Oh. I know really. But, but that was a good show. Don Roos is so sweet and so talented. Well, it probably means that you can kind of trust, you know, if, if he's saying that about his daughter, then he, if you're really good, he will say it. So I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Well, hopefully he said something. He didn't say that to her face. Although I don't know that he was so far away that she couldn't hear it. <laughs> I did have a quick look at your LinkedIn uh, profile as well, page, whatever you want to call it. And I was really impressed and excited to see that in 1976, you actually worked as an entertainment professional for the Walt Disney Company. I love Disney. I'm still a huge Disney girl at heart. How was it working for Disney? Because I've heard from a lot of other people in the past that they love things very specific. Was that the same case for you? Well, that was a very specific uh thing i mean at the time i worked in the park i was um i, I did mary poppins and oh, really oh cool yeah i did a musical review with uh, as mary poppins with a bunch of characters and then i was also snow white on a boat far far away in the rivers of america you had yeah, very far away and um this was i wrote uh, a puppet show for some line of clothing that they were releasing at sears for winnie the pooh and stuff and i just wrote um, like a little puppet show that they did in the sh- in, in the stores around the area. So Disneyland, which it was really more for that wing of the com- company, as opposed to Disney, the core, like the corporate Disney for TV. Yeah. Cause we did um, the last, the last thing that we had done a friend, something a friend asked us to write on a show for Disney called, I didn't do it. And it was a reboot of a show that didn't go well. And um, and we really loved this guy who was running the show. We had worked with him on Suddenly Susan. And we were at the same time working on Getting On, which is uh, um, like a, a short season of uh, half hours based on a British show that we were working with our friends Mark and Will on that was at HBO. So it was like a very dark comedy with getting on and a like a very primary color comedy for kids um, for Disney. And it was like a critic, it was a creative whiplash in a sense, going from one to the other. Um, yeah. So that is way more specifically like they didn't. This was uh, about a, a group of kids that and, and we were saying they should get together to coffee, like a coffee place. And that's where they hang out. And they were like, yeah, we can't do coffee for oh. kids can't do caffeine so we had to make it a juice bar yeah <laughs> it was like yeah like as people hang out at juice bars but 
don't know. Uh, you know, I don't think the bar ever even showed up at that point, but they're very specific. They have real specific rules about, you know, you know, it's good. You got to get to a certain point before anybody kisses anybody. And it's got to be very, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but a lot of, you know, uh, there, a lot of their stars have been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the show that I did for, for Disney, none of that. I mean, cause that was at the park and then it was working through their art department to do the pop show. Mm-hmm. And that, that wing of whatever, I don't even know why I was doing that. To tell you the truth. That was like, just somebody just said, who can do this? And I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I didn't know I can do that. But it was fun. So what does an entertainment professional technically do? Do they just write the puppet shows and things like that? or? As far as I know, that's all I did. I mean, it was almost like in the advertising department in a weird mm. way, I think. Yeah. But I was so young. And, and you know what? I, there's just big gaps in my memory because I was so tired because I was working 15 things all the time. So yes. he was talking about when he said, you should be an actor because he's looked at me and I looked like I was just you know, dog tired all the time. <laughs> and in this interview, you're like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Oh, yeah. That's really, <laughs> where did you find that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to bring you down memory lane, even if you don't really remember Thank it. you. <laughs> really? I- so over the years, you've worked as a writer and producer for Warner Brothers and then Sony Pictures and HBO, as you just mentioned. Has there been a favorite company that you've worked for or maybe a favorite project? I think getting on yeah. because, uh, you know, HBO, that was a joint production with HBO and BBC America. And the uh, women that worked at BBC America were so smart and so sweet and terrific, had great notes and HBO, you know, they let you go. And, and Will and Mark are also good friends now and very talented and write in such a specific, interesting way that it's always fun to try and figure out how do you how do you do that you know they write like old ladies which is hysterical because they're two gay men I mean but they've got that down and how do you come up with the ideas that you do write about is it just taking inspiration from things around you and in your life sometimes yes uh you know typically you write from things that have happened to you or you know things that you can draw from that are kind of parallel to the situation that you're in as far as story-wise goes, like where those characters are at that point in their lives. You know, if you need to remember back to college or you need to remember back to grammar school or raising kids or, you know, any of that stuff, dating. I mean, it's a little different now with social media and, you know, how mature kids are at this particular point where, you know, most people were not getting there until they were like in their 20s. 20s mid 20s the kids are just way smarter than they ever were before and they're a little socially um i don't want to say retarded but they're they there's like having been on a phone and a, and a you know screen and not really dealing with one another as much there's yeah. a lot of i mean there's a lot it's a lot safer on a certain level to not have to put yourself out there but by the same token it's really scary mm. to to not be out there you know, to, to, to not have that skill set. Because yeah. at some point, you're going to have to talk to each other, right? Yeah, you got to go out there and practice it because otherwise you're just hiding behind the screen. I know, and, and trying to make up thing. who you are. Yeah, it's like you really want to, I mean, there's one, something about being able to be out in the world mm-hmm. and, and not hiding behind uh, 
whoever I mean you do that typically when you move to go to college and you're like I don't like the way I was back at home so I'm gonna make myself this is who I am you know and you create a new person and, and that's how you grow and and expand but when you're when everything is on a phone or you know texting you can you don't get a tone from texting do you no even with yeah. emojis, it just—it's not the same. Yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, even as many exclamation points as you want on the end of a sentence, it's not going to help. It's like, does that mean you're yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you screaming? I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> Go out there and meet people the old-fashioned way, right? <laughs> oh, I hope. Yeah, I hope. Good lord. But with things like social media and a lot more people you know, getting into the industry. How are you kind of keep up with the competition when it comes to those new people coming in? You know, it's a, it's, that's an interesting question because uh, I typically would have said, you know, there's no way I'm going to keep up with what's happening. It's like, it has so left me in the dust. Mm. Um, But Mimi and I just still seem to keep working, which is remarkable. That's great. Being as we're, you know, way older than anybody has a right to be and still be working. Um, I think that, and I, I really do hope because people are so glued to their television and streaming and whatnot. Um, it is, it's, it's an amazing thing when something's good, it's good. Mm. You know, if you, if you watched the Queen's Gambit, it's like anybody from 80 years old to 14 years old you know gets it. it might be a bit much for a 14 year old but not a 14 year old of these days it's like so i think that you know if you believe what you think is funny and you put it out there and somebody responds to it it's a you're just going to keep doing it well the great thing people watching tv so often and things like netflix and everything is it keeps you in a job because you got to keep making content right Oh, there's there's so many places that are you know looking for content now. There's just so many outlets, mm. but you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that's good. You and maybe just kind of stay in your lane and just keep working. That's what's made you successful <laughs> instead of going. Oh, I'm worrying about this other person coming up behind me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, yeah, and that I, I think feel like we were on the back end of stuff from the get go, so we don't have to we don't have to worry about anyone's coming up. Yeah, bless them. You know, give everybody else a chance. Yeah, absolutely, there's enough room for everybody to have success, isn't there? Right, isn't there? Yeah. That's true. And with Mimi as well, when you guys started your careers together in TV, you were actually nominated for an Emmy for writing on In Living Color. So how did that? How did that feel? Was that a bit of a, a pinch me moment? Going, oh my goodness, an Emmy! <laughs> like that's the I was. I the you know what? You get for TV. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was back then too, I think, um, because it was a a sketch show um, and it was up, it was up with with the awards shows and with late night TV. So it was just Johnny Carson and the, and the Academy Awards and sketch comedy. And I think it was Saturday Night Live and us, you know what I mean? But um, it was just, I mean, it was, we didn't know any better and we were used to writing sketches for one another. And we wrote um, radio spots for Lincoln Center Theater in New York City and then did them um, um, as well. Yeah. So we were used to writing shorter content things. But the majority of the people that were on staff on that first season were David Letterman writers. And they didn't ever, they were not performers. They were all just, you know, they would, they would write it and then slip it under a door. 
Whereas Mimi and I said, well, we should read it around the table because then you can hear it and you can hear if you think it's funny. Um, and they were like, no, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> and we ended up having to do it because at the time, um, Keenan Wayans was dyslexic, I think. He couldn't, he was trying to read it out loud and it was like, oof, this is taking too long. Mm. So, But it is better but, to hear it. You know, a lot of people do that always. now with TV oh, shows. Oh, no, yeah, always, right? So... Um, so it was like, I mean, it was, it was a thrill. I was pregnant with the twins at the time and it was like squish into a dress and go. Mm. <laughs> Fingers crossed we could win an Emmy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't happen, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I'm sure there's plenty in your future, Jeanette. <laughs> Better hurry up. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> all right, even though you've already achieved so much in your career, Jeanette, what else can we expect from you in the future? What's up next? What are you working on right now? Well, we were just we just finished um, a script that was um, with NBC International, and unfortunately, it just uh, it, they just passed on it. But it was a really kind of a great it was a great thing for us to get to write because we'd never done anything like this before. But it was an hour drama about a woman uh, based on a book about a woman whose husband was a bookbinder and ended up with rheumatoid arthritis in his hands, and he couldn't bind the books anymore. And she had a child who was epileptic and she needed money. They couldn't not work. So she said, I'll do it. And it was illegal for women to, to work at the time outside the house. And so she started doing it and sent it. They got one, um, they got one job and uh, the work was so good and so delicate and so beautiful that the guy figured out that it was her doing it and not the man. And he ends up blackmailing her into um, binding porn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was, but it was fascinating. I mean, it was like so much based in, in the truth and so much interesting character stuff. And it was, we'd never done anything in Victorian England before. So it was just like really interesting. And they ended up just passing because they couldn't, um, they, the whole upper structure of the NBC International just changed. Um, and typically when that happens, they want anything that was in development before they came on, they let that go and just start their own stuff because they want to have a finger hold on, you know, whatever gets developed. So yeah. unfortunately that went away, but we're pitching something about Helena Rubinstein right now. Um, and if that gets sold someplace, her whole, the whole first season is based in Australia. Oh, cool. So, Yeah. <laughs> It's great that you're coming on the show then. That's right. To date. I'd love to hear more about it. I'm guessing yeah, there's that, a lot of research involved with stuff like that because that, that other yes. one that got rejected, yeah, a lot of, as you said, you've never done that sort of, you know, era before as well. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it's fun to do that kind of stuff. It's fun to do the research and, you know, and find out what is, what's good to use and what's interesting about you know, what you're finding out about stuff that's really different. Um, and they were both that the character in Dora Damage was really um, ahead of her time, as was uh, Helena Rubinstein. She mm -hmm. was just a crazy Polish short kind of squat, but uh, an amazing, I mean, she created uh, lipstick in a tube. It didn't, it, from a, a shell casing. From World War II. Wow. She created mascara. Mascara didn't exist before her. She was the first person to have celebrity endorsement for her stuff. 
she was branding her. She was like she branding before branding existed. She was amazing. So, you know, hopefully that'll get picked up and it'll be a really fun thing to do because I think it would. Yeah. I'd love I don't to know. hear we'll more see. about her story. So fingers crossed. I there can't believe that mascara. So thank you. <laughs> yes, I know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> And what advice, Jeanette, would you give to our audience today who might want to follow their dreams of becoming a writer or a producer? Um, you know what? I would say write down a personal story and don't stop yourself. Just look at look at this situation beginning, in the middle and end. Fill out the characters and write it from your perspective. Like what happened to me in third grade? Hmm. or you know start with just an air a time in your life that really meant something and write about it just i mean producing is 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 a whole other thing that will ultimately come to you but it's like i was when we were working at warner brothers we there's some sort of a master class thing that they have there where you can apply to learn and the guy one of the executives was running it and he says if you're looking for a plot look to tv and i would say that's not all that good of advice i would say don't look to tv we've seen it if if you're looking to tv i mean there's not that many news stories to begin with Mm -hmm. so what is specifically interesting is whatever is unique to yourself true i'll tell you a story this is a a, this is a story that um, mimi loves to tell but it's about ang lee the director yeah he wanted to do a story about his family in china and um it was called eat drink man woman and he gave it to the scriptwriter or screenwriter and he's a jewish man and he said he wrote he did all his research about chinese families and he wrote the script and he handed it into ang lee and ang lee read it he goes it's so good but it's just not chinese enough And so he went off and he did even more research and he looked harder and and worked harder and he, he handed it in and he said, yeah, it's terrific. It's not, but it's just not Chinese enough. So the guy said, screw it. I'm going to write about my own family. So he wrote about his Jewish family and handed it over. And Ang Lee said, that's Chinese. (laughs) Even though it was a Jewish family. (laughs) Even though it's a Jewish family, because it's, oh, it's like, it's universal. It is true to you, will be true to anyone, because they all see it in themselves. That's very true. I love that we ended nice and deep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope people take that advice on board as well. Oh, it's a great, it's a great story because it is so, so amazing. I mean, my acting teacher used to say, all we're doing is holding a mirror up to society when we're acting. Ooh, because that's true you just want to see you want to see yourself and mm. that's what you're doing because that's how you connect to the characters and that's totally what you really like the show all the movie mm. totally totally yeah, great industry to work in so it's a fun one we're lucky up, guys <laughs> <laughs> did you know rave it up now has a private facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. Looking for news that is fair and unbiased? Visit our friends over at Our Shout Media. For all the latest news from Australia and around the world, 
as well as their own weekly podcast, Our Shout Media delivers news that you can trust. Check them out at ourshoutmedia.wordpress.com. Our Shout Media, news delivered the Australian way on us. Now, Jeanette, before we finish up today, would you like to play a game and see if you beat Peter? Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, yes. I probably won't beat Peter, but... <laughs> He may have told you about this game already. So it's a game that we play here on Rave It Up called the Two Minute Hot Seat. And it's very easy. So what I do is okay. I ask you various questions and you just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs or cats, singing or dancing. Ah. You have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. Oh, all right. Yes. And then when we finish, we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game on the show and also Peter. So he has answered oh. 48 questions which is number 40 on the Rave It Up leaderboard. So you've got to answer at least 48. Okay. <laughs> and I also uh, interviewed his uh, former SWAT co-star, Kenny Johnson, as well, and he answered oh. 46. So Peter just beat him by two questions. So let's oh. see if you can beat either of them, 46 or 48 questions. We'll see. It's, it's intense. <laughs> Let me get my stopwatch out. All right. And here we go, and I'll change the camera view so we can see both of us okay ah. <laughs> all right here we go you ready Jeanette damn okay three two one Facebook or Instagram Facebook iPhone or Samsung iPhone Apple or Android Apple rap or rock music rap rock or pop 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 or country mm, pop beach or mountains beach beach or pool Mm, pool. Skiing or snowboarding? Skiing. Sun or rain? Sun. Comedy or action? Action. Blondes or brunettes? Blondes. Sweet or salty? <laughs> Ooh, uh, salty. Sunglasses or hat? Sunglasses. SUV or convertible? Convertible. Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? Don't care. Sweet or messy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's messy. Uh, sing or dancing? Dancing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Italian. Summer or winter? Summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Will. Ball or online shopping? Online. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. Cake or cookies? Cake. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookies. Family or friends? Family. Christmas or your birthday? Christmas. Night or day? Night. Bus or train? <laughs> train. Straight or curly hair? Straight. Eye color blue or brown? Brown. Vampire or werewolf? Vampire. Texting or calling? <laughs> Texting. <laughs> Los Angeles or New York? New York. Friday or Saturday? Friday. TV or movies? Movies. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Snow or surf? Snow. Harry Potter or Twilight? Twilight. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Family Guy. McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, Burger King. French fries or chips? French fries. Burger or hot dog? Burger. And we're out of time! Woo! Oh my goodness. That was intense. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you answered more than Peter? 48 questions he answered. I have no earthly idea. (laughs) not even a ballpark (laughs) no well i am happy to announce jeanette you have answered 
47. So you guys are just Ooh, one right question. In the <laughs> yeah, one oh, question boy. out. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to have to get you both on at the same time maybe and then see how we like that would yeah. be that would be really entertaining. Very funny. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, so 47 questions, which means you are sitting, he's sitting number 40 on the Rave It Up leaderboard and you're just sitting 41. So you're just just under him. Just under him. He was a tiny bit faster. <laughs> All true. right. Well, he's are... more competitive. I know. I, th- I think he is. <laughs> well, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview now, Jeanette. But as a closing statement, and was probably the most important question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Work harder, probably. Yeah, it didn't work hard enough. <laughs> you know what? You can always work harder, can't you? That's true. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody didn't get that on their, on their report card. Mm. You could apply yourself more. You could concentrate more. You could work harder. You could talk less. Yes. <laughs> talk less. Were you a big talker in class? I can just see that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Mm. I bring you <laughs> but that's, I, I would say, I would say work harder because that's a, uh, you know, something that everybody can always do. Yes. Very true. Look at that full circle of taking you through your whole career and then ended you at 14. 14. Yeah. Yay. Mm. Really bringing you back. And before we go, if our audience want to contact you or find out what you're up to in the future, where should they go? Do you do you have social media yourself? I don't really. No. I mean, I, I'm on LinkedIn, like you said. LinkedIn, so they can always right? find me on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure I will keep the audience up to date anyway. You let me know how it goes with other other series, which, which you said was going to be here in Australia. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I definitely will. Do you plan to come yourself? Because I'd love to have you here. <laughs> hey, writers don't typically get to go, but I would. You know what? If uh, if we could, trip. I would definitely. Yeah, <laughs> business trip with you and Peter. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and I think I'm very needed on set. Yes, definitely needed. <laughs> And then you're here for promotion, so you do an interview with me again in person. Yeah. What a great, great you, holiday. <laughs> do you guys do, do you interview people that are actually from Australia? Yes, we do. Yeah, we, we interview Australians and pretty much anybody around the world. The great thing about Zoom is I can do it right here in Australia and you're on the other side of the world. <laughs> that's true. Because uh, I know somebody that's there. He grew up with me in Santa Barbara. His name is Randy Berger. And he's an actor. He's in a lot of stage stuff, but I know he's done some uh, some film stuff too. That name rings a bell somehow. Maybe well, he goes he by to... Randall Berger. I don't know. But well, if he wants to come on the show, you let me know. He's absolutely all right. Welcome. Any friend of yours is a friend of mine now. So bring ah, him thank you, Lauren. That's sweet. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I do love to make sure you know. I, well, it's good to hear everybody's stories because you know. I think this is the first time I've had a writer and producer on, so I get to hear that side of things, and so does our audience in case they want to get into that sort of field. But then to give the up-and-coming people some promotion as well, I just love to spread the word that there's some really cool jobs out there we don't realize. (laughs) Totally. You're doing one of them, and you're doing it quite well, I must say. Oh, thank you very much. And I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on our show today. You're welcome on any time, okay? Uh, thank you. You're if I have anything welcome. else to say, I'll let you know. Yes, please do. <laughs> just email me <laughs> and we'll just keep that. in contact. Yeah, I hope to have you oh. on again in the future. And All I right, great. Maybe you and Peter at the same time. Who knows? If we oh, God, that to- might, we might, the screen might explode. We don't know. <laughs> Or you guys will just take over the show and I'll just be the third wheel (laughs) in the corner. Either way. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.